Hello and welcome to the Fellowcast. Bring your own Bible episode again today and it seems like it's become a staple on the Fellowcast now. Bring your own Bible. We maybe should change the name to Bring Your Own Bible. I've actually checked over the the episode numbers and there's a big chunk of it now that's going into this Bring Your Own Bible um, series, which is really great because I think it's it's hearty and it contains a lot of good stuff for, for people to hold on. And today we are continuing with the book of Exodus and we're kicking off in chapter 5 or yes, chapter 5 you said and we're jumping onto the 10 plagues. And I would like to add the 11th plague on there as we are in this COVID-19 situation, but, but let's, let's keep it biblical and stick to 10 for now. Yeah, let's my begin there and start <laughs> building it up. Yeah. So we chap- we're jumping up in chapter 5 and um, just at the end of the previous chapter, um, God gave those signs to Moses and sent him back to the people. And remember, God said, and the Israelites will believe you. Mm. Pharaoh will not. And his heart will be hardened. So at the end of chapter 4, we see actually, yes, he came and called the elders together, him and Aaron. Um, Interesting, Aaron told them what God told Moses. So he is the spokesperson, even towards the elders of Israel. And then it says, and the Israelites believed, but beautifully, the last verse of chapter 4, check it out there, Valdu. And when they heard that the Lord was concerned about them and had seen their misery, they bowed down and worshipped. Sure. Just that beautiful response. Our Mm. God loves us. He knows where we are. He knows what we're going through. Let's love and worship back on him. Yeah. And then chapter five, the sad thing. He's going to do what God told him to do. He went and spoke to Pharaoh um, and said, let the people go. And uh, we need to go and worship our God out in the desert. Interesting. He says over there, I think it's around about verse three. Um, he says, we need to go and the, the God of the Hebrews appeared to us and he said, we need to go in three days into the desert and worship him there. And so we need to, because if we don't, maybe a plague will come upon us. <laughs> Word of knowledge. <laughs> yes. Um, but just making it clear to yeah. him, our oh, God is a great God and he tells us something. We need to go and do it. Mm. All right. And then Pharaoh Obviously, didn't listen. He said, oh, so you don't have enough work. That's why you're speaking about going to worship and sacrifice to your God. And so he just decided unilaterally, uh, no more straw for the Hebrews. He tells the slave masters, um, don't give them straw. They need to go and fetch themselves. But expect of them to still do the same quota of bricks every single day. And then just for the rest of the chapter, we see man, now it's crisis time. Shame, mm. the poor people. Uh, because the, uh, the Israelite foreman appointed by the slave drivers of the Egyptians then went to them and said, but what's going on here? Why are you expecting of us to do the same? Because they actually beat these foremen up. Sure. Um, and they actually took it as far as to appealing to Pharaoh himself. And then Pharaoh said, it's because you're lazy. Mm. You're lazy. You want to go and worship your God, so do the work. And then by the end of the chapter, they just realize, now we're between a rock and a hard place. It's impossible to do the quota, but we're expected to do it. And they turned their anger onto Moses. Moses and Aaron who went and made trouble for well, us. Stay, yeah. These same people who were bowing down and worshiping God just at the end of the previous chapter. Now the hardship increases. And even Moses comes to God and says, God, why have you brought me back here to bring <laughs> hardship on the Israelites? You said you're going to deliver them. Yeah. Now you haven't delivered them. Things are just worse. Yeah. So just reading through it again, 
I'm thinking, I've been there. Where God told me to do something. I went and did what he said. And it didn't turn out the way I thought. I didn't think there were going to be perseverance required for it. Yeah. And now I want to give it up because maybe I heard wrong. Yeah. Hey. Eh? Yeah, absolutely <laughs> true. I think most people can identify with that. Yeah, we and it just takes pushing through just to trust, but I did here. Yeah. I'm not seeing what I thought I'm going to see as quick as I thought, so let's just keep pushing through, keep pushing through. Yeah. Um, yeah. Q, 40 years. Yes, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Or what's it for, for now, 120 years yeah. after you receive the word. Yeah. Well, in chapter 6, then, the, the action starts kicking off. Um. Because he goes and speaks to Pharaoh, and uh, or speaks to God. Sorry, he says to yeah. God, God, things are really hard now. What have you done? And God's reply is, now you will see uh, what I will do to Pharaoh. Mm. And that's sort of the beginning of it. You know, Remember that statement that God made when he sent him? He says, let my firstborn son go. Otherwise, I'm going to kill your firstborn son. Mm. God is in for this. Yeah. He really loves his people. It's his inheritance that he's about to buy free. Um, so mistreating them like that just ups the anger of God to say, all right, now I will show you who I am, yeah. who you are dealing he's with. He's the boss. Absolutely. And then I want to, um, if you've got your Bible there, now, just open it up. I'm speaking to the people at home as well, because please, from chapter 6, verse 2, I'm going to jump through a bunch of verses, and you'll see just now what I want to point out. Um, it says there from verse 2, God also said to Moses, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob um, as God Almighty. I'm jumping. I did not make myself known to them. Um, I also established my covenant with them. Uh, verse 5, moreover, I have heard the groaning. I have remembered my covenant. Verse 6, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you. Verse 7, I will take you as my own people. I will be your God. Verse 8, and I will be uh, bring you to the land I swore with uplifted hand to give to Abraham. I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. Um, just... Every time I read that, it, it jumps out of me. Just God saying, this is all about me. Mm. It's my heart for my glory and my love for you. I will do what I said I will do. Um, so we see this great leader, great leaders, Moses, Aaron, yeah, the yeah. elders, Miriam, all of that. All these players in it. But this is the Lord at work. Yeah. It's for his glory, for his honor, out of his love. He's fulfilling his promises. Um, it's just such a mighty reminder. Mm. You know, in my life, it's the same story. God is at work. Am I seeing him at work? Yeah. What is he doing? Yeah. yeah. And Moses went and he reported it to the, to the Israelites, but they did not listen to him because of their discouragement and cruel bondage. The hardships have gone through the skin into their heart. Sure. And because of that discouragement and the bondage, they could not hear anymore. Mm. They didn't have faith. And yet, yeah. God's still going to do it. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes difficult to see through the, the pain. Yes. Uh, if, you're, if you're so deep in it, which just even you recounting it, 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 it kind of lands. It makes sense because you can get so stuck in just even the daily uh, stuff that get you under. And forget, well, this is what God has said. This is what he said he will do. Um, mm. And we hold on to our own ability to kind of get out. And do I have the strength or would I be able to hold yeah. out? And so, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, we the, have to watch that, that they would that be discouraged. Callous hearts, yeah. You know, that it becomes so hard that faith just doesn't yeah. break through anymore. Yeah. 
Well, in the rest of that chapter, it's really just a genealogy and a reminder from Genesis chapter 15. Um, I made a mark here, verse 13 to 16. God promised Abraham and said, four generations later, I'll bring them out. This genealogy just runs through and says, um, these were the, the people. Uh, the, it is this Moses and this Aaron from this tribe, Levi, from the fourth generation. Sure. Boom. This is them that's acting. Where did you say that was? Genesis 15. Yeah, Genesis 15 from 13 to 16. Okay. Yeah. Um, then uh, into the next chapter then. Aaron is now the spokesperson. We briefly touched on that last week. Um, so God says, uh, I am the Lord and I'm going to speak to you, but Aaron will be the prophet that's going to speak then to Pharaoh on your behalf. And here they come and they say, uh, the Lord says, we need to go and worship. Um, and what they're asking for is we need to go three-day journey into the desert uh, to go and worship the Lord. Every time you'll see through the story now, through the plagues, the request comes again, and it's pushed back by Pharaoh. Eventually, he becomes desperate, and he gives in a bit. He says, all right, the men can go. And he says, no, 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 no. The men, the women, and the children. Okay, no, 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 you can't. Next plague. All right. Uh, you can go, but the animals need to stay. It says, no, 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 no. We have to take our flocks with. We yeah. need to bring sacrifices to the Lord. You know, uh, no, no. And then the next plague. So that's the whole battle of it. This three-day journey into the desert to go and worship the Lord. And yeah. Pharaoh just doesn't want to give in. He just doesn't want to yeah. give up control. Um, and remember then verse chapter 7, verse 3, this refrain the whole time is going to become uh, the hardening of Pharaoh's heart. But mm. I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and though I multiply miracle, miracles and signs and wonders in Egypt, he will not listen to you. So as we go through it, everybody knows the story, I'm assuming, most people, from movies or whatever else. Listen to it again and realize how miraculous it is mm. that any ruler of any nation can be this stubborn. Yeah. Sure. Consider the entire nation is about to be destroyed. Their water source is going to be cut off. The fish is going to die. All the livestock, every living thing that they can eat. Then the hail and then the locust eating up all the grain on the field. This is complete devastation. Yeah. Um, this is worse than any famine that you can think. It's just in a couple of weeks or months, Wipe out. everything is gone yeah. from this entire land. And then the firstborn die. And that's after illness on the bodies and mm. irritation of flies and stuff. So listen to it again, realizing if this is South Africa, man, I'd be on the first plane out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, so picture. Here comes Moses at 80 years old, Aaron at 83 years old. They come to Pharaoh to come and request. All right, let us go this three-day journey. Um, he says, no, why should I listen to you? Who is your God? Hmm. And then takes the staff, throws it down on the ground. Remember, Aaron have never seen this before. Yeah. Moses had the faith, what's about to happen. Aaron just has to obey his brother, <laughs> trusting I trust brother heard God yeah. and it happened. And um, it goes one step further than what Moses saw because the magicians, the sorcerers standing around Pharaoh, they chuck down their staffs, all of them turn into snakes. Yeah. Imagine the shock. Yeah. What? I thought this is a sign. They're doing the same thing. And then one by one, Aaron's eats snake eats them up and there's their staffs, you know. 
gonas, the things that they would do magic tricks with, mm. is gone. Well, as I mentioned, we didn't see the hand in the in the cloak miracle. Yes. Yeah. But um, Pharaoh hardens his heart and he says, no, you will not go. Um, in other words, he's saying, I am God. Mm. I decide what's going to happen here. And then God says, early the next morning, Moses, go and meet Pharaoh. And where he goes down to the Nile River uh, to go and take a bath. And sure enough, he meets him there in the morning. And we're going to see a couple of these early morning meetings. I think eventually Pharaoh thought about not going for a bath <laughs> anymore. <laughs> so he meets him there by the water. That was the invention of the shower then. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um, and he tells him, because you're hardening your heart, uh, the water, tomorrow this time, the water's going to turn to blood. Mm. And every time, it's tomorrow this time, tomorrow this time. So he gives a time that it's not an accident when what is happening. And so he takes water out of the river, he pours it out on the ground, and it turns into blood. But the magicians do the same thing. Again, what? Hmm. I thought this is a supernatural power, but they've got that demonic power as yeah. well. It's quite remarkable. And um, then the entire Nile River is then turned to blood. It says, um, is this one phrase, it's just, blood was everywhere in Egypt, verse 31. And all the fish in the Nile died. So imagine all the fish of a Nile River, as far as you can see, drifting on the surface of the water. Yeah. It's mislock. And the people had to go and dig wells next to the river to try and get water supply. Yeah. Must have been horrifying to see a whole Nile River, the greatest river in the world, yeah. turn to blood. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And and the stench of it. Yeah. It really is. Um, and fearful because, I mean, you're using this, they're agricultural people. Yeah. And the source is just dead and you're surrounded by desert yeah. uh, all around you. There's no other source. Um, and this plague uh, we see is not turned around. So there's no repentance on Pharaoh's part, mm. asking for forgiveness or whatever else. Um, and then comes uh, seven days later, the plague of the frogs, where he goes to him again and he says to him, listen, um, you need to let us go. Um, and he says, no, I won't. So he says, all right, tell Aaron to stretch out his staff over the Nile River and um, I will bring frogs up. And again, the promise is tomorrow this time. They will come up into your palace. They will be on your bed. And interesting, it says, and they will climb up on you and on all your officials. <laughs> so, I mean, these frogs are literally climbing yeah. up on them, you yeah. know, all over. In your space. And at this plague, he then actually calls Moses. And he says, please, plead to your God on our behalf to let the frogs go. Moses' reply is, all right, I will leave you the honor to tell me when this must happen. And Pharaoh says, tomorrow. <laughs> Not he says, now. sure enough, the next day they all died. But again with this plague, the uh, plague, the magicians and the sorcerers performed the same miracle. They also brought frogs out of the Nile into yeah. the land. How exactly that looks, I don't know, yeah. but they did it. There's a recognition they also have this kind of authority. It's very interesting because uh, I've read that where Pharaoh says tomorrow. And I always wonder why didn't he just say now? Like mm. why if frogs are climbing on you and and it also speaks to for me definitely that is the hardness of his heart that yeah. he would you know after that blood bloody river and dead animals you know fish in the river 
your heart really needs to be hard that you would still go, no, I'm not going to. Hmm. I mean, the hardness was already there. It didn't Absolutely. take 11 plagues. No, no, it definitely was there not. from the get-go. This man is really stubborn in his heart yeah. towards God, resistant. Yeah. Comes the next plague, um, which is the dust turning into gnats. And um, I don't know if you've ever read this volume and really realized how bad this must have been. Um, he says that all the dust throughout Egypt turned to gnats. Can you picture how bad this is? Sure. This cloud of gnats just all over and biting you in your ears, in your eyes, and everything else. Um, take note that this is all over the land. In other words, the Israelites in the area of Goshen, they also had a bloody river yeah. uh, water supply that, that got damaged. Um, they also had the frogs, and now they also had the gnats. So they actually suffered together with the rest mm. of the people. But now at the third plague, for the first time, the magicians and the um, sorcerers of Egypt tried to do the same thing, but they couldn't. And their statement to Pharaoh is, this is the finger of God. Mm. They've come to a point of realizing, we know power. We know demonic power. This is something greater. Yeah. And they're actually acknowledging it towards the, um, the, the king of the country. Yeah. Glorious. Amazing. So eyes are starting to open up bit by bit by bit. And there's a real suffering. And he actually um, cries out to Pharaoh, ah, to Moses, brings him and says, please, this time I have sinned. Please plead to your God for us um, to let this plague yeah. go. And again, the thing is, all right, uh, but don't harden your heart again or something worse is going to happen to you. Uh, so will you let us go? And as soon as the plague left, he said, no, you will not. He didn't keep his promise. Again, the Lord says, early the next morning, go and meet Pharaoh when he goes down to the water. <laughs> sure enough, Moses is there. And when he comes there, he says, you've hardened your heart. You don't want to let us go. And now... This time I will show you that the Lord will make a distinction between the Israelites and the Egyptians. There will come flies all over the land uh, in dark clouds. They will be all over the place. But in Goshen, the territory where the Israelites stay, there will not be any swarms of flies. How do you do that? An and invisible God. wall. Yeah. <laughs> that flies will obey the living God. Yeah, wow. Hey, if only I can walk in that authority. Yeah. That would be brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with flies Yeah, and absolutely. mosquitoes. Yeah, and again, the thing is, tomorrow, sure enough, tomorrow came and boah, it just flies all mm. over the place. Um, and he cries out and he says, all right, all right, Moses, go sacrifice. Go bring the sacrifices to your God. There's a recognition that, man, I must give in. Mm. And as soon as the flies left, it's again a dead no. Um, then comes I think one of the most scariest ones um, because if you imagine in a country that size how many animals must they have mm. so he says alright uh, tomorrow this time the Lord will do this he will kill every one of the animals of the Egyptians and then he lists them he says all the horses the donkeys the camels the cattle the sheep and the goat Imagine yeah, an agricultural people, how much that is. And then he says, but among the Israelites, there will be absolutely no animals dying. 
And sure enough, the next day it happened. All the animals of the Egyptians died. We're going to see later on on some of the plagues there's mentioned and on their livestock or stuff. So I don't know what that is. Maybe it's bunnies or whatever else. Mm. Um, some other kind of animals. Um, uh, Stian is always amazed. He says the Egyptians actually in the early days uh, hand-bred hyenas wow. because they would eat anything and then they actually had them for meat. I don't know where he got his facts, but it's fascinating. Maybe (laughs) they haven't died yet. They still had some hyenas on the farms. (laughs) And um, Pharaoh actually sent people to go and investigate, to check out uh, among the Israelites if what was said is true. And it was found, yes, not one of the Israelites' animals died. How miraculous that God God will put that wall up, that defense in that territory. He calls them back again. Um, and uh, God tells Moses, tell Aaron to take handfuls of soot from the furnace and toss it up in the air in the presence of Pharaoh and tell him, this soot will become festering boils on all your people and on your animals. So whatever those animals were that were still left, whether it's wild animals in the territory of of, um, Egypt, um, but sure enough, it says the, the festering boils were so bad that the officials um, of Pharaoh could not stand in the presence of Moses and Aaron wow. with the amount of pain. Um, and again, we think about this as those Egyptians suffering. But imagine the pain that a nation is going through mm. because the head of the nation is that stubborn, sure. that hard-hearted. And he pleads again. Uh, makes promises again, and uh, sure enough, it's removed. There's a grace from God over them. And then plague seven uh, comes the hail. Now it becomes really scary. So I'm going to read actually there from, we're in chapter um, 9. Yeah, chapter 9 from verse 15. Maybe you want to read for us, 15 to 17 there. Sure. But now I could have stretched out my hand and struck you and your people with a plague. And you would have been obliterated from the earth. However, I have let you live for this purpose, to show you my power and to make my name known in all the earth. You are still acting arrogantly against my people by not letting them go. Tomorrow at this time I will rain down the worst hail that has ever occurred in Egypt from the day it it was founded until now. Sure. And then some of the officials standing there listening to this, Uh, It says those officials who feared the Lord actually went quickly um, to their homes and warned their servants and Mm. said, come on, come on under the roofs. Um, Don't be out in the field. Um, uh, But Pharaoh and some of his other officials still hardened their heart. They didn't listen. (laughs) And so their servants out in the field, whoever were outside, were struck dead. Um, And... The crops were obviously destroyed. So now fish is gone, which is a big deal in Egypt. Mm. Uh, The livestock are are all gone. No more meat. And here goes the crop of, just want to check up there, it's the flax and the barley that got destroyed. So it said the wheat and the spelt ripen later. So that will still survive this. Uh, But this harvest that we're about to come in is gone as flattened to the ground. And they've lost their water source as well. Yes, Yeah, this land is really, really in a tough space. They're really, really suffering. And all in such a short space of time. The economy is completely ruined. Um, And then comes uh, 
Pharaoh's statement again. It says, this time I have sinned. Again, a confession. And he pleaded. He says, please, Moses, um, ask the Lord that the hail and the thunder will stop. It was not just the hail. It was the thunder as well that, that instilled them with fear. Um, now with this and the next one, I, I don't know if you ever wondered, Valdu, but how did it happen that Pharaoh, in the middle of this vicious storm, can call for Moses? Hmm. Either Moses and Aaron is still at the palace to be witness of this and to be ready to speak to Pharaoh uh, when he's ready to listen, um, or somehow the Lord spared a marriage messenger or spared them on the way to the palace in the midst of a storm. Yeah. Uh, because sure. the next one is, uh, or the what's it, the ninth one is going to be darkness. And in the darkness still they are called yeah. to move, but nobody else can move. So the Lord would supernaturally enable them in the midst of this plague. Yeah, wow. Yeah. That is interesting. Yeah. So again, he hardens his heart and the Lord says, all right, um, I will send locusts on the land. A plague such as never been seen before. Locusts in number that has never been seen before. Mm. Um, and Pharaoh's officials says to him, can't you see that Egypt is ruined? Just let them go. Mm. And his reply is, all right, you can go. Moses, you can go. But who will go? Uh, and he says, well, everybody, not just the men, but the children, the wives, all of us must go and worship the Lord. And he says, absolutely not. I will not allow that. Um, because in his heart, obviously, he wants to keep control of these people. They're the workforce of the nation. Yeah. Remember when we spoke about it earlier, that they were scared that the Israelites might join an enemy attacking them mm. and leave them, hmm. and then they would be ruined. So they need the, the manpower yeah. that the Israelites It's no, so like he knows the strength of the people as well. Yes. It's a good asset to have. Yeah. And so um, the... The reply is just, all right, I will send an east wind, Moses, and tomorrow this time the land will be covered in locusts. And I imagine the dread of those who started fearing the Lord, getting this message on top of what we've just been through. Here we go tomorrow again. this time, can we still take locusts? You know, And sure enough, they did come in, and there goes the wheat and the spout all eaten up. It says there was not a green thing left on tree hmm. or on the ground in all of Egypt. That's massive. How frightening yeah. that must be. Absolutely every green thing gone, hmm. taken, eaten up. And again, at his repentance and at his plea, the Lord is merciful and he sends a west wind and he drives all of these locusts into the Red Sea. I think the fish had a wonderful meal. <laughs> Yeah. Those that were alive. Yes. <laughs> well, the Red Sea, it's not the Nile. Oh, River, fair so enough. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> <laughs> the the Sotwater yeah. Fissies. Yeah. And then comes, and we're going to stop at this one. We're going to um, not push through to the 10th plague because that is a whole discussion with regards to the Passover and all of yes. that. It's beautiful imagery. But at this one, then, um, they, he comes to Pharaoh and he says, um, I will block out the sun. Now, remember. In every one of these things, it's the Lord says he's making war against the idols of Egypt, mm. against the gods of Egypt. Um, this is not just random plagues that the Lord is picking. And so this one is the sun gods. It's one of their biggest ones. It's the, like an emblem on the head of Pharaoh. Yeah. Um, 
and he says I'm gonna block out the Sun and you will not be able to see but again there will be that distinction between uh, you and the Israelites in the land of Goshen there will be light and you've blocked out flies all right that's one thing you've blocked out rain or hail how do you stop the light on the border of a road yeah. leading into a district right. but that's our God yeah. that's our glorious mighty God and um, Pharaoh says, all right, all right, wait, you can go and worship your God. Um, but only the, the people can go. You may not take the animals. Mm. And he says, no, we have to take our flocks. We have to take our livestock because we're going to bring sacrifices, but we don't know what sacrifices the Lord wants when we go. So we need to take all of them. And again, he just blankly refused. And then he makes this statement to Moses. He says, and you better never come into my presence again because when you see my face again the threat is there I will kill you and Moses says it is as you said I will never see your face again <laughs> but he didn't know why yeah <laughs> he didn't know how this is gonna play out yeah. that eventually Pharaoh will not call him again after the tenth plague to say go he will send him a message and said get out of the country as quick as you can he never saw him again <laughs> And so comes the, the ninth plague, that darkness, that it says for three days nobody could see anybody else or they couldn't go anywhere because of the darkness that could be felt. Sure. It's not just a visual darkness. It's so black. It's like everybody got struck with blindness. Yeah. In fact, it, it would be interesting to know one day in eternity that the, that the sun still shine and the moon still give its rays, but the people were blind yeah. or what, what happened. But imagine the fright of it, not to be able to see anybody. You hear voices and you bump into things. You don't have a clue where you are. You cannot even see your own hands mm. uh, to be that kind of for three days. It's crazy. Eh? That must have been crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Which then, it's a bit of a cliffhanger, but we're going to leave it over then to the, the final and the tenth plague. But at this point, um, I believe the, the Egyptians, just like those some of those officials that feared the Lord, were ready to just say, go, you know, we felt enough because of the hardship that we've had. Mm. Mm. Sure. Garth, I was, I was thinking, what, how do I end this off today? Because wow. it's like a real slog getting through these plagues. You're almost like, it's almost like I'm in the story. I'm going, why did you just let them go? Yeah. Because <laughs> it's coming again. And, and I think, I don't, I, I really don't, it, it's, it strikes me again at how hard your heart can actually become. And, yes. and the, the consequences of that is, self-inflicted because i mean god was was willing to take it away when when it was asked take it take it away yeah. um but i think there's so much in the story for us to to take into our personal lives and in terms of obedience and really yeah. just trusting god and and obeying him when he speaks yeah. there's an interesting touch point and eh? maybe to close off mm, bring please, it closer please. to home in um in the book of revelation it's the only other time that we again read chapters that sound like these plagues mm. these kind of things that the lord says he will bring it over the world in the last days and the end of it is our redemption our complete redemption god is coming and he's not coming against us mm. his children anybody who's willing to yield to him is just like these israelites is under his loving and protecting hands yeah. um, but the lord is judging the world and everybody that chooses to be on the enemy's side um, so it's very relevant to us that I don't have to fear in the midst of hardship. Yeah. It might close, come close to him, like those first two plagues. Uh, it, 
it touched the Israelites, yes. you know, and things got rough. The boss got a bit more angry mm -hmm. or whatever because the Lord is at work. Mm. But the Lord is working our redemption, and he's bringing justice. Uh, just in a prayer meeting in the week, we were reading from a psalm. I think it was 37. I, I'll check it up just now. But um, it just said, don't get angry uh, or don't get vengeful yes. when things go wrong. When uh, unjust people actually profit from things, yeah. leave judgment to the Lord. Now, yeah. in the same case here, yeah, all that the Israelites had to do is have faith in God and wait for his deliverance to come through. Mm. They had to just stop where they started, on their knees, worshiping the Lord, knowing he's got my good at heart. Yeah. He is going to work it out. Yeah, Sure. Well, we'll we'll finish it off there for this week, Garth. And thank you so much. I think we've got enough to chew on and to think about. Yes. And like you said, touch points in our own personal journeys with God as well. So if you've been listening along, really encourage you to to send your feedback, uh, comment on on the on the post as you listen to this on SoundCloud, and we'd love to know how, how it's uh, influenced you or impact your life. So thank you for listening, and we look forward to sh sharing on the sharing this journey with you as we continue to go. Until next time, bye-bye.